Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I wanted to start today by talking about the five, what they call the five basic principles of unity. Because they're going to inform kind of the way that my day, well, they always inform the way my day is unfolding, frankly. Uh, they're going to inform the way that this message today unfolds. Um, so here are unity's five principles, and I've put my own language around this. So you, you've probably seen posters with, and, and you know, you, get the, you can get cards in the bookstore that have the basic principles of unity on them, and I've put my own language to it to help me in deepening with my own understanding. So the five principles are this. God is all there is. This is number one. God is all there is. It is the infinite creative energy and principle of creation. God is all there is. That means there's nothing else. Nothing else exists. God is it. There's nothing other than God. So that's number one. Number two, we are, each and every one of us, of God. We are, each and every one of us, inherently divine. The whole of our being is God. It is source energy. That's who we are. We are this principle embodied and expressed. So that's number two. Number three, this is where it gets good, because now we're going to start learning how to use it. Our thoughts and beliefs create the events and experiences, the reality of our lives. Our thoughts and our beliefs are creating the reality of our lives. That's number three. Number four, affirmative prayer and meditation are the tools we use to design these events and experiences. You know, I talk every week. I say, we are here to, we are here to teach practical tools for a better life. Well, these are the two primary tools we teach. Affirmative prayer and meditation. And five, we have the power to live from and activate this spiritual teaching beyond an intellectual understanding. That's really important to me because my first experience with new thought as a philosophy was very intellectual. I talk about this. I've said this before. It was very, I, I, I got into it because I thought I can read a book and learn how to make my life better by reading a book or reading 10 books or reading 20 books. And I start thinking, well, I've read all these books. Why is my life not getting better yet? Because I have to deepen beyond an intellectual understanding. It becomes an embodiment. And when we, when we have deepened into the practice so that we have an embodiment of the principles, that's when life gets better. So essentially, we are teaching here that spiritual truth is revealed through our own intuitive and spiritual nature. That requires embodiment. So these principles that we spread into the world are a pronouncement of our faith for those of us who choose to adopt them as such. So remember, I say all the time, I will tell you what we teach. You get to decide what you believe. Now, I've decided that these are principles that I believe in, and I believe in them partially because I, inherent, I have an inherent understanding that they are true, but I have also demonstrated them in my life to be true. And so it's been a little bit of both. I've allowed my intuitive nature to flow forth to deepen into an understanding that these principles feel right to me, and in that feeling, my life has gotten better. So that's the demonstration in my life. So 
So then I think to myself, if I am of God, do I have a relationship with God? And this is something I struggled with for a long time because my life has gotten better, deepening into my understanding that my individual mind is the mind of the divine. It is the mind of God. We cannot plumb the depths of the individual mind because the idea of the individual mind is actually an error. Nobody wants to hear that they don't have an individual mind. You don't have an individual mind. You don't, because you cannot be separate from the universal mind. You cannot be separate from God. What we perceive as our individual mind is our use of the infinite. We are active individualizations of the infinite. So you don't have an individual mind. You have an individualized mind. There's active There's something active in that. Our nature, our inherent nature is infinite. Jesus taught this in John chapter 14. um, He expressed his inherent divinity by saying this, and he said, the father who dwells in me does the works. The one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. Now, there's something important here. He says, the father who dwells in me does his works. He says, I know who I am. I know who I am. That's what he was stating there. I know who I am. I fundamentally know that I am of God. And the one that believes in me, he's not saying the one who believes in him individually. He is saying the one who believes and deepens into the understanding that they too are individualizations of God will do these things and better. Jesus was a way-shower. He was not an exception to the rule. He was not setting himself apart. He was teaching the fundamental that we are all one. Our mind, your mind, my mind, his mind, we are all one mind. We are all one immersion. We are immersed in the infinite. We are immersed in the infinite. We are swimming in a sea of infinite receptivity. And when we embody this principle, when we embody this, ah, like I said, life just gets better. It just gets better. It requires work, though. It requires practice. It requires tenacity. And it requires deepening into the understanding of our true self which is our individuality. Charles Fillmore defined individuality this way. He said, individuality is the true self, that which is undivided from God, our spiritual identity. Individuality is our true self, that which is undivided from God. It is our spiritual identity. And you know what's magnificent about this? We get to express it in unique ways all the time. We are gifted with the power of uniqueness. We are gifted with the power of choice in our lives. And deepening into this will shift the experience of life. It is a key to healing. That's why this is an important concept. This idea is a key to healing. 
You know, I talk about the healing candle being the revelation of the God essence at the core of all circumstance. Well, that's basically what he's saying. The true self is the God core at the expression of our individualized circumstance. That's who we are. I'd like you to reflect for a moment. Just take a, just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some thoughts and questions your way that I would invite you to reflect on for a moment. Just take a breath. <sighs> what is something you have just known in your experience of life, something that you just knew, something you knew, not through learning, not because somebody told you, but something that you just inherently knew. That inherent knowing is your belief. And I think it's important to Take a moment to decide whether that belief is working for you or not. See, there's the individualized choice we get to make in every moment. Does my belief work for me? Now, we call that experience of just knowing, we call that intuition. I love intuition. Intuition is a great tool. Intuition has gotten me out of some pretty sticky situations in my life. Intuition is sourced in the infinite. Intuition is sourced in God, which we individualize and then perceive as our own. Our perception of being separate, our perception of being separate is the sole cause, the only cause of any problem we have in life. That's the only thing that's the only thing that allows us to perceive problems in our lives. It is a sense of separation, a belief that we are somehow not this magnificent infinite power. And all problems, frankly, are perceptions. All problems are perceptions. We perceive separation because I can look at Linda, "Hi Linda." I can look at Linda and perceive myself as separate from her because my physical body, my physical manifestation of the infinite is separate from her in this plane of action, in form. But the core identity is one. We are one. We are unique wholeness expressing each of us. Healing is knowing who we are. We are wholeness when we understand ourselves as wholeness, then we can never inherit disease. We can never inherit disease. We can never inherit any ill effect when we know who we are to such a degree that our faith cannot be shaken from that. When we give our power away, and that's what happens. When we believe in separation, we very easily give our power away. When we forget who we are, then we experience the things we may prefer not to experience. And I've had enough of that in my life. How about you? In Hebrew scripture, there's a story. The story of Samson and Delilah. It's one of my favorites. 
And, and, I, and I will offer this reminder to each and every one of us that in Scripture, the characters in Scripture represent us. They represent us at different stages of our experience and expression of life. And so see if there's anything within the way I describe some of this to you that you resonate with, that you can say, oh, yeah, I understand that, I get it. I recognize myself in that because that's the power of Scripture. Samson, you know who Samson was? He was the guy with the hair. (laughs) Samson represents our innate strength, right? Samson was a strong man. We have an innate strength, each and every one of us. That strength was inherent in him. He was strong enough to stop the Philistine army. This represents our individualized nature, each and every one of us. It represents our nature, which is stronger than any condition. And when we awaken to this, when we open up our eyes to this and live from this perspective, our life changes. Now, In the story, his strength is being represented by his hair, right? You all know that, right? His strength is represented by his hair. Now, that may seem somewhat counterintuitive. It's like, well, if our strength is represented by something in the world of form, we could go into that whole discussion. We're not going to do that today. (laughs) His strength is represented by his hair, but it represents our inherent strength. It has nothing to do with what we've done in the world of form or not. It is inherent, like the hair that grows on our head for most of us. And I'm sorry if you are one of those who are experiencing no longer having hair growing on your head. But just go with me on the story. (laughs) So it represents something inherent that we have, that we cannot let go of. If we truly, really deeply understand it, it is inherent strength. It has nothing to do with what we've done or not. It is a natural. It is a natural part of our beingness. Now, Delilah, oh, Delilah, (laughs) Delilah the temptress. Right? Delilah is that figure that says, ooh, I'm going to make you believe something else. I'm going to make you believe that you are somehow separate. She intoxicates Samson, and he gives his power over to her. She cuts his hair. This is a representation of each and every one of us becoming disconnected or living in the belief of disconnection. When the hair is cut, He no longer has his strength. When we don't pay attention, we are cutting our hair. When we don't pay attention, we are forgetting who we are. When we give in to doubt and worry, we surrender our innate power. Again, we perceive ourselves as separate. We give our power away. But... We can always tap in. We can always tap in. How do we do this? You're not going to like what I have to say, probably. You have to start paying attention to your life. That's how we tap in. We must begin to observe ourselves as the observer and the observed. We must start looking at our life and saying, Where are the places where perhaps it's not quite aligned with what I would like to experience? Do you want to know what's happening in your mind? This is the question I always ask students. Do you want to know what's happening in your mind? Because students always come to me and say, 
I don't know what's happening in my life, in my, in my mind, but my world is falling apart. And I say, do you want to know what's happening in your mind? Look at your world. It's falling apart. That's what's happening in your mind. And you're the one who gets to make a decision around how to shift that in your life. The circumstances of your life are a reflection of your mind, of your thoughts, of your feelings, of your beliefs. We draw to ourselves that which is in mind, both, a, both at the level of awareness and below the level of awareness. All the time, we are drawing into our experience those things that we are equal to in mind. So, what do we do if we don't like what we see? We change our minds. It sounds simple, right? Not always simple. I mean, the idea is simple, but it's not always easy. But through practice, and that's why it's spiritual practice, through practice, the practice of prayer, the practice of meditation, we are rewiring the circuitry of our use of infinite mind to create the construct of a healed life. Now, here's another thing that happens sometimes. What if you're just not feeling it? Have you ever been there? So I'm not the only one. That's good. Sometimes you just aren't feeling it, right? It's like, oh, I really want to I really get this. I really want to understand this, and I really want to embody this, but I'm just not feeling it. What can be done? What can be done? Whenever I've had an experience in my life that was, that felt, because I'm not going to affirm that it was, but sometimes it feels this way. Whenever I've had an experience in my life that felt like it was beyond my capacity to believe in truth, I have, I have gone to seek out support. I've gone to seek out support. If we go back to where I started today's message, None of us is separate. We are a collective wholeness. And so that means there is support available when we're just not feeling it. Others can support you in your healing. If you are not in a position to know the truth yourself, seek support from those of high consciousness. This is important. Seek support from those of high consciousness who can know the truth on your behalf. You can give over your faith to someone else temporarily until you have developed the faith yourself. And that person, if they are a person of high consciousness, they can assist you in your healing. Now, the reason it has to be someone of high consciousness is because the thing you don't want to do is to go to someone who will commiserate with you around your circumstances. That's one of the last things you want to do because they're going to keep you in the realm of aligning yourself with the circumstances of your life. They're going to keep cutting your hair off. And they're going to keep cutting your hair off. So you need to find that dance with the divine to step back and say, you know what? I reject anything that will keep me limited and I accept only that which empowers me. 
and I accept only people in my life to support me who will empower me. Work with someone who holds firm in faith, who is deeply rooted in the understanding of the truth of who you are and the truth of who they are and understanding that we are one. They can be ministers. I can help you. They can be prayer chaplains. Anyone trained in the art of truth can be a support for you. There is no shame in seeking support. Absolutely no shame in seeking support. I have people that I talk to all the time because I still recognize areas in my life where I need support. And I think it's important that I, as a minister, let you know that I don't always have it all together. Sometimes people, I think, have a perception, oh, the minister, he has it all together. He understands. And you know what? Sometimes I don't have it together, and I seek out the support I need. I have the tools at my disposal, and I'm inviting you to develop the tools and to seek out the tools because they are there for you. None of us is in this alone. When we can't find the faith in ourselves, there are others who can find the faith and share it with us. This works because, this works because what I know about you becomes the truth of your being. Now, here's the caveat as you deepen into your own acceptance of that truth. So, there is some work that you're going to have to do which is work with somebody who knows the truth for you, listen to them, and begin to say, do I believe this? Perhaps this is a belief I should adopt. And in doing that, I hold firm in this understanding that as you understand and accept the truth you are being told, you find healing in your life. So are you able to accept that a supporter can know the truth for you? Even when you're having trouble knowing it yourself, that is a path to a healing journey. Let someone else when it's necessary, hold you in the hands of grace until you can accept the truth of your being again. You are worth it, and you are magnificent. Peace and blessings. So the homework this week. (laughs) I don't want you all to go into the depths of despair with what I'm about to say. What I want you to do is know that there is support for you. I would like each and every one of us. Now, you may, you may step back and go, oh, I don't have anything like this. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you I have stuff that I'm still working on, and I seek out support. So identify what may be a blind spot in belief for you, and seek out someone who can believe on your behalf. And let them engage in spiritual practice on your behalf. Work with somebody. Make sure, like I said, make sure you work with someone who is trained in the art of truth, who is trained in the art of raising consciousness and deepening into awareness. Prayer chaplains are here. They're here. You know, we have prayer chaplains who are here every single week. Sherry and Deborah are our prayer chaplains in service today. If you would like to do this today after service, they are available to you. Seek out the support that you perhaps need with something that perhaps is a blind spot for you. That's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. 
You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.